Hello and welcome. It's the pleasure of Power to Change to present Family Life Today each week, Monday through Friday at this time. We'd love you to contact this station and tell them how much you appreciate hearing Family Life Today. Well, let's get started on today's edition. Well, I have a a confession to make. Often when we're in the studio... Part of me thinks we're the coolest couple in the room. You ever well, think that? I, no, I've never thought that once in my entire <laughs> life. I mean, I'm, I, I'm obviously lying right now. I, I've always wanted to think I'm the coolest. But I'm sitting here today thinking, I don't know if we've ever had a cooler couple mm. sitting across from us. I mean, look, he walked in with this jacket. How do you describe it? It's like a cool smoking jacket. It's or- like fresh velour. Crush the lure. But I'm guessing he's not he's not smoking in the jacket and his wife I don't know, he's kinda smoking in the jacket. Is he? Oh, okay, you better stop. Yeah. You we might stop. have to end this interview early. Who knows what's gonna happen? Yes, <laughs> anyway, sitting across the table from us here at Family Life today is Show Barack and his wife Patrice. And we just we're excited to have you in Orlando, Florida on Family Life Today. Excellent. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, well, we get to talk about a really interesting topic that I, I'll let you introduce. Tell us a little bit about your family, because I think that'll take us on a journey to where we're going to go today. Yeah, so Patrice, my lovely wife, and I uh, have been married 19 years. We have three wonderful children. Zoe, who is our oldest, she's 17. We have a 15-year-old, Zakai, and a 9-year-old, Zimri. And our two boys are on the autism spectrum. Hmm. And so oftentimes we get asked to talk about that. What is that like? Just loving and serving and raising children on a spectrum. I mean, just raising children in itself, obviously, as you guys know, is can oh, be an yeah. obstacle. Is a sanctification process in itself, along with marriage. But to raise kids who are on the uh, autism spectrum or have some sort of special need mm-hmm. can be uh, a thorn in itself. And so I think we've uh, had some moments of feast and we have some moments of famine. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. We uh, love the opportunity to have those conversations and talk about it because uh, one thing that we realized is that when we were coming through it, we didn't have a lot of people to pull from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as much as we can be advocates, as we are stumbling in the dark, trying to figure out our ways, like hopefully the things that tripped us up, the couples that come behind us or the parents, the families that come behind us won't have to struggle with some of the same things. Amen. I agree. So talk about a little bit of what you do for a living. Yeah. Because I bet a lot of people have heard you. Most people may know me or have heard of me because I was uh, or am a performing artist. I started off in my first song I released was probably like 2005, I think, under a label, Reach Records or Click 116, which some people may know like Lecrae and Tadashi and Tripoli and and so I started off with them. So music artists, been in a couple films. Couple films on that yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah. You're married to a movie star. Ooh. I want to say movie star. <laughs> Just hey. a guy who's been in a couple Christian films. Yeah, Patrice <laughs> said blockbusters. <laughs> blockbusters in our house. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I just wrote a book called He Saw That It Was Good that was released last year. Your actual, like your nine to five. Oh, so I, I work at a church right now. I am a... I guess you could say creative director mm-hmm. at a church. Are you uh, going to say that Atlanta. instead of pastor? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Because I was going to ask Patrice, what's it like to be married to a pastor? So no. they treat me like a pastor. They, I am performing that all the they roles. they don't pay you much? Yeah, I'm performing all the roles of a pastor, <laughs> but I'm actually a creative director. That's what you go to the website. It says creative director. Patrice, how did you guys meet? What's your story? Oh, well, I always get stuck with the how did you guys meet story. <laughs> oh, you do? Mine is more accurate. His is just more entertaining. <laughs> oh, so, well, Maybe, I'll let him maybe I'll interject. Yes. No, I'll interject. Yes. Okay. I'll interject. Uh, yes. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it that way. Uh-huh. So we met in college. He was at Tuskegee and I was at the University of Montevallo. We were both involved in campus outreach. Yeah. So I was involved on my campus and he was involved on his campus, but I knew his director from going to a summer project a couple of years before. When I got there, our mutual friend, uh, Monte, he was like, hey, I want you to meet the guy that I was telling you about. And so I walked over and he introduced us. He said, I heard you uh, did, you know, Monte's, you know, album cover or something. I was like, yeah. He's like, well, you think you can do a picture of me? And, and I have- then she says... If I wanted to, and walked away. <laughs> and I was like, okay, who, what kind of friend do you have? That was why it? is she so rude? That was like one of your first, that's how we met. If I wanted to. And that's away. how he received it, but that's not how I actually said I said those words, <laughs> but I didn't say it like that. We you have the what? same situation. When we met, I knew of Dave, but somebody told me he became a Christian. And so I went up to him and I said, you became a Christian? And she says it as... Yeah, she came up to me like, yeah, like you're a Christian. That's what she said. <laughs> There's no way you're a Christian. They were the same words. But hey, no, I did not hey, say it. We all, them we all know marriage is all about communication. Yeah. It isn't what you say. It's how it's heard. Amen. Yeah. There you right? go. amen, amen, So, amen. I mean, if that's how it started, how did it progress? I think the Lord was just forcing the issue because it was... <laughs> just kept pushing us together. So... I hyperextended my right knee, mm-hmm. which means it went the entire different <laughs> direction. So I came back to the room after going to the hospital, and guess who was in charge of making sure I got to where I had to go? Out of everyone on that campus. Wow. That same Saturday, we went we evangelizing, and I got a chance to see his passion for people when he found out people were not doing what they were supposed to do. He was very angry and frustrated, and I, I kind of took a step back, and I saw him in a different light because evangelism is a weakness for me. Hmm. And so to see someone who's very passionate about the lives that we could have impacted when, you know, people weren't doing their job impressed me. So I decided to observe him from a distance without him knowing that I was interested. And I began to understand that there's a character trait in him that I didn't see initially that I respect. And I ended up going out with him. And then she saw me break that whip and run the money changers out the temple. And she was (laughs) like, I think I like this young man. But it was, you guys both saw that passion for Jesus in one another. Absolutely. So I, you know, I, I thought she was obnoxious and stuck up, but to her point, I saw the leadership quality in her. She was committed to those young ladies. Mm. She was literally washing their feet. And I was like, I mean, who washes people's feet, like, for real? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. And just to see her commitment and her tenacity for those young ladies was so impressive to me. So when you get married, again, I'm sort of jumping forward a little mm-hmm. bit, but no kids yet? We got married in 2003, mm-hmm. and we didn't have our first child until 2004. A lot's happened since then. Absolutely. More than a Which, lot. <laughs> you know, having kids is one thing. Having kids with special needs adds a whole other dynamic. Well, you had your daughter first. Yes, we had her first. And so we felt like we knew what a developing child looked like because she did everything she was supposed to do during the time frame she was supposed to do it. So when our son came along and things were different like something different about his mannerisms 
the things that he was doing were, were awkward and I was like, why is he doing that? And so we were talking with each other. And how old was he when you started to notice that? Maybe a year. Yeah, it was between a year. Yeah, and he would. He was. He was like flapping different a lot, kind of stimulating behaviors. Yeah, like doing his ears a lot, and he was constantly just enamored by things that were repetitive. And I was like, what is happening? What and did you feel like, show with that? Did that I mean, scare you? Yeah, it scared me because you know one of the things she didn't communicate is that you know he he began to start walking on his tippy toes, which was awkward. He would respond to his name before and then he stopped responding to his name oh he did he did have a couple words mm -hmm. that regressed as well and so you're like what in the world is happening like i will say this though years before we got married and maybe a year into our marriage i worked at a residential treatment facility so i had a little experience working mm -hmm. with people on the autism spectrum and i would see certain things that they would do and then i would see my son do those things and i was like but it can't be so there's a little denial. Uh, absolutely. And then mm -hmm. you have the conversations with family members who are like, oh, don't worry about it. He'll yeah. be all right. Your yeah. cousin didn't speak to him. He was 35. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, you're like, okay, I guess that gives me some hope, you know. And no, yeah. you just, you try to figure out, I'll say, yeah, whatever lie you can tell yourself mm -hmm. to give you comfort. Mm -hmm. You just, you, you try to live with that. Mm -hmm. And then you get this disrupting news from the pediatrician and you have to wrestle and reconcile with that information and it's like is this mm -hmm. really our life mm -hmm. and then all the insecurities begin to come mm -hmm. you know what do you mean by that as a mother my personal struggle was the fact that it was punishment for how i felt when i found out i was pregnant unexpectedly tell us that what, what's that mean well you felt what um, we did not plan this child yes oh. he and was quite a surprise i found out i was pregnant with him as I was applying for another job because I'd just been released from my teaching position, I'd been a teacher at a, a private school for like three years and they started letting like staff that they hired recently go. And so I had to find another job and, you know, he was job school in between a bunch of things and I was, I was more stable. He was working, but it was more consistent with me. And so it became a, a distressing moment because Applying for this new job, I had an opportunity to be an art therapist for abused and neglected children mm -hmm. at a residential treatment facility. And the first step is, you know, you're hired, but you need to pass a drug test. What is the concern about that? So when I went to get my results, so the results in a tour facility, and she was like, oh, congratulations. And I'm like, what do you mean? I already knew I was going to pass the drug test. <laughs> she was like, no, you're like five weeks pregnant. And I was like, excuse me? You she was like, know. apparently you didn't know that. I was like, um, no, ma'am. I had no idea I was born. Wow. So this is how I found out. I was carrying our second child. And the timing wasn't great. Was not great mm -hmm. um, because, you know, financially, we're trying to figure ourselves out. We have a new child. Zoe may have been 10 months at the time mm -hmm. when we found wow. out we were pregnant again. And it just became a strain financially between us, communicating. We, it was just a lot of things that can happen in a new marriage that was happening all at once. And so it damaged how we were feeling about each other um, between the frustrations and the stress and trying to move forward. I had my concerns of working with abused and neglected children because at the time I had to take self-defense training. Mm. You're working with traumatized children and things happen. And so now I'm concerned about, you know, my new child, but then I'm also depressed because I'm pregnant and I don't really want to be right now. And so throughout that process, I struggle with the joy of knowing that I was carrying another life. 
And so you thought, is this my punishment? Absolutely. So Do you guys think that's typical? One of the greatest burdens that a lot of, and I'll say even mothers, and I'll speak mm-hmm. for mothers even though obviously I'm not <laughs> woman, but as a husband, I think we we recognize that women oftentimes carry the shame of bearing children who have some sort of deficiency, if you will, or some sort of special need, because that's just the way, you know, women are nurturers and they're connected to their child in a way that a father isn't. And, you know, she's even communicated that there are ways in which the husband can show empathy and care and help them like carry that burden. And I didn't do a good job of that in the early years, but I do think there's a bit of shame that comes with carrying that because I felt it. So when you had like the insecurities that I had was not necessarily the shame of like, man, it's so selfish. Like, oh, the things that this kid is going to have to deal with. It was more so telling me my boy won't play sports. You're telling me that I won't be able to like teach him how to, you mean he won't ever go to a prom? You mean, and I'm thinking about all the things that I want to do or live through my son. The death of your dreams. Yeah, exactly. And I will no longer be able to live out these grand adventures, et cetera, et cetera, with this. And so there comes the the shame. And it's, it's almost like a double shame. This is the shame of not being able to do those things, but also a shameful way of thinking about it, like, you know, an affliction, if you will. I'll just call it that in the moment because it's not even compassion for the individual is more so the selfishness that you get to live out mm. and uh to skip a little bit further like you're ashamed to take them in public because depending on the type of behaviors they display you're like okay we're gonna go in the store i hope they just don't act a fool please he was a fit thrower you said something that i think a lot of parents might feel when anything goes wrong with their child whether it be special needs Absolutely. or something tragic happens i think sometimes as parents we do feel like it's God getting us back through them. You know, uh, my dad was a womanizing guy, pretty much an alcoholic, left my mom with his girlfriend when I was seven, had a little brother five. My mom and I and my little brother moved to Ohio. That's why we ended up in Ohio because her parents lived there. She's a single mom. My little brother dies of Mm -hmm. leukemia within three months. Mm -hmm. I know my dad carried that probably his whole life, like, that's God's punishment mm. for my life. You know, he never said that, but I know he felt it like yeah. that's how God. And it isn't at all. Mm-hmm. But you just said something like, wow, I felt like you think that's sort of common. It was absolutely mm. a truth that I believed. Mm-hmm. And how did you deal with it then? I think it took a very long time. I don't think I officially dealt with it until after we had our second son. Mm-hmm. And that was seven years later. Like it was, it was a battle every time we were in the emergency room with Zakai because he was sickly. You know, he was sick often. Um, he was jaundiced when he was born and he was just other things. And I was just like, it's what you get. You should have appreciated the gift. You know, you should have appreciated the gift. And now this is the outcome of that. And so I just kind of kept it to myself for the most part because I didn't want anyone to know that I felt that way about my child when I found that I was pregnant because I was embarrassed and it was difficult for me to say that this is my son Zakai and he's autistic because of me or he's not going to have a normal life because of me. Hmm. Did I you think, even tell show? Did you know? No, I don't think I, I, no. I never communicated. But, I, you know, no, she never communicated that. I, I don't think until like years and years yeah, after years but later. you you're keen to it yeah like you you can sense it did you but feel it, any of that eats you away i know honestly it, i never it, felt it, it. Our, us and our marriage yeah i never felt 
like God was punishing us per se. Well, I know he never felt that because he never knew my thoughts when I was pregnant. I never told him. I could never tell my husband. I was like, I don't want this child that we're about to have. Mm. Because how can you say that? I would. Hmm. I there was nothing in me that could make that thought okay. So I never communicated that to him. So I never wanted him to have the opportunity to feel that because I felt like this was something I brought on myself. Hmm. Yeah, it's an ugly part of us that we don't want our spouse to see, and mm -hmm. that you just carry guilt. And shame, mm-hmm. and then you just bury it. How did it affect your marriage? <sighs> we did not like each other for a it's, long during time. that period of time. It was very, 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 very rough. <laughs> and is this because you have a child with special needs, or is it bigger than I think that? It's compounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah with that, issues. and then like I said, we were struggling financially, and we were trying to figure things I think out. Identity as a whole. I mean, you were young. Like I think we got. I got. I was like twenty-two, maybe, maybe twenty-three. Could, yeah. I was older than him. So, so um, but somehow she got younger than me as the years passed <laughs> Um But I think it was just one being, I know I was immature. Uh, you know, I thank God for his grace every day that he kept me mm-hmm. in the early years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. But I think it's that, just trying to figure out who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. I think trying to work through this, being a parent of a kid with special needs. I will say, I think we had adequate marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. And we went to a church that would seem fairly healthy. I think now, if I can go back, there are much tougher questions that we should have wrestled with. Mm. Um, there are things that I should have dealt with, like my sexual past, uh, sexual expectations, communication, anger issues that I never really reconciled with, um, that I think I brought into the marriage that you know, we knew we knew we were different people from different experiences. And you just pay lip service to that. It's like, oh, no, my parents did this. My parents. And, OK, we won't be like our parents. And we Amen. love each other so yeah. much. Amen. And we, we love, love Jesus yeah. and we love so Jesus much. So, I yeah. mean, we're going to make it, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's in, on paper. That seems great. But then when the, <laughs> Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan to get hit in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would get hit in the mouth and you revert to those old ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, you retreat or you lash out. And you forget that the Holy Spirit is in you, and so you make some decisions. And so I do think there's a lot of things I think we would tell our young selves. Yeah, I was just going to ask you to say, what would you say to uh, a mom or a dad or a couple listening right now that are feeling like you felt? Like some of the bad things that happened in my life are my fault. God's punishing me. And it might be they have a son or daughter with special needs. It might be something else. You've learned a lot. You've matured. No, I've... What would you say? I can only tell them what I'm experiencing now because that's where I have to live in order to, I guess, mentally survive, knowing that there is a realistic future for my son. And that's that my son, both of my sons are gifts. Mm. And to not look at it as some form of punishment, but as a different perspective of God that you would not normally get to see. Mm. Because not everyone has a certain special need. Most people are normal and we have similar things in common where you're like, oh, this is the face. Like, oh, this is normal. This is normal. But when you have a child with special needs, they see the world differently. You get to experience a different type of person and we are created in this image. So you can't look at that child and say, this is not a part of God. Yeah, they're incomplete in some yes. sort of way. Yeah. But they're mm-hmm. just a different expression of yeah. who God is, a different expression of how to love. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that I think we, we've learned in this is that 
you know, it, it's taught us a lot about God's love and how God loves us mm-hmm. is that love is not based on performance mm-hmm. and that no matter how well our, <laughs> our disappointing our kids perform, if you will, that doesn't change our affection for our children mm-hmm. because the reality of it is, is that God looks at us and we don't perform well at mm-hmm. times and we don't do the things that God has called us to do, but yet that doesn't change his affection and his love for us. And so we just try to figure out, okay, if they're not neurotypical, in what ways do they communicate so that we can connect? In what ways do they love differently? They love without words. I love to communicate. That's like they love without words. And it's a beautiful thing. And so it's taught me either. You talked about this yesterday about how it's taught you how to be compassionate towards people. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure we've all had that moment um, before we knew someone who had a special needs child that would judge that parent for letting their child run <laughs> crazy and scream in the stores like, like to get your child under control. Yeah. Right, right. Like you need that child needs discipline. Yeah. You have no clue what that mother's wrestling what the child like you you have no idea. I've seen that before since I've had my own children and my own experience of being that mother <laughs> that I had to leave baskets full of groceries in the store because you know my son is flipping out. I have had a moment where I've gone up to a mother that was having a hard time and just asking her, you know, you know, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Like, do you need me to put the groceries on the thing? Like, I'll even pay for them if they, you need to be with your child. Because in the past, I would have judged her. Mm-hmm. It's only happened once. But I'd like to think that moment of compassion that I showed her made a difference in her life at that moment, mm-hmm. which is probably all she needed was mm-hmm. a moment. Yeah. So you've so. learned to give grace. Yes. Without judging, yes. which we all need to learn. to thank David Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Does your marriage need a tune-up or perhaps a bit of an overhaul? Come to A Day Together, our one-day marriage conference that focuses on helping couples develop oneness in their marriage. For a list of dates and locations near you, see our website at families.powertochange.org.au. Until tomorrow, God's blessings.